welcome to episode 116 of Hungry in Kentucky. I'm Sarah from Bluegrass Permanent Eats, and today I'm joined in Fort Lewis Studios by Carrie. Hello, darkness, my old friend. You come at 5.30 again. (laughs) See, I just made that up. (laughs) I mean, it's good, because it's not... Even five now, and the sun has set below the trees out there. Yeah, it's that time of year. That time of year. Yes, we're three days into whatever this is. Is this daylight savings time, or is that the other one? This is—I don't even know. This is the regular time. I think right? this is the standard time. Yeah. Yeah. The other one, cause, yeah, because we're saving the daylight. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Whatever. Who cares? Whatever. It's dark out. It doesn't matter. It gets dark at five thirty. So who cares? Yeah, that's what so, I say. When I leave here, it'll be pitch pitch black. Who gives a rat? It feels like midnight when it's five thirty. <laughs> yeah, it is that time. It doesn't feel like that time though. It's um, a balmy seventy one degrees. It outside. is. Yeah. So you know. Yep. What temperature do we think? It'll be on my birthday Ooh. at Thanksgiving. On the 22nd? It's mm-hmm. close to the what, two days before Thanksgiving? Right the day before. Mm, I'm going to say it's going to be in the 50s. I'm going to go 65. 65 feels right for the high. I don't know. Sometimes it snows on my birthday, so who's to say yeah, what some, will happen? Um, I think it's what happened on my 21st birthday, actually. Oh, it's really? Snowed, yeah. huh. did you, Isn't um, that great? Did you like that or did you hate it? You liked it. Um, I probably hated You're it because I was probably trying to come back to oh, college and gotcha. have a drink. Gotcha. But, yeah. You know. So it looks like like it's going to rain and then it's going to get in the 50s again for highs. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say 50s. That's going to be my guess for your birthday. That's fair. That's fine with me. I like the 50s. Yeah. And you can wear like a nice appropriately sized jacket mm-hmm. or a pullover. I'm wearing a pullover even though it is in the 70s. So I don't know. I got in the car and I was hot and then I turned the air down. I got really cold and now I'm back up to like the heater in there. So Yeah. And see in my building where I work, like it's just, it's either too hot or too cold. It's just, you can't win. You cannot win in that building whatsoever. Yeah. It's um always cold when I go back to work. And I don't know why. It says one thing on the thermostat, but there's no way it's 70 degrees in there. Because the way our building's set up, and I know not all the buildings on campus, but like a lot of the older buildings mm-hmm. are on that boiler chiller system or whatever, where they have to switch it over from air to heat. And mm-hmm. so you're in this, you get stuck in this purgatory period, both in the fall and the spring. Like in the fall, where you have no air or heat <laughs> and in the spring where you have no like or you have in the fall you have air no heat so it's you you could freeze and in the spring you have heat no air so you're dying yeah yeah you can definitely tell when like big buildings like that are getting ready to make the switch over or they do because it's just all of a sudden like sweltering hot for yeah reason. so they just they just basically tell us they're like yeah we're gonna switch over and uh we had they have to do it you know like building by building mm-hmm. and so they're just like yeah sorry about your luck <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of like in my really niche line of work where we have two air handlers that service an area and they take like, they have to switch them over on a monthly basis. Otherwise, they get all, like, wore out. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's just, like, they're like, okay, we're switching them over. Now. It's going to be down for two minutes. Relax. Oh, gotcha. So, 
yeah. where not to call them while the cha- the changeover is happening. So there's like a dip in pressure and then it comes back up. Yeah, I have four different uh, like sweatshirts, sweaters, zip-up things, pullovers that I can choose from depending on the temperature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you never know what you're going to walk into in an office. No, you really don't. And, and like I said, we don't control it. Yeah. So there's technically thermostats on the wall, <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't matter. It just tells you how hot or cold it is in there. Yeah. It's, you, there's, you, there's, you, you are not controlling it. That's what I've come to find out about uh, UK, too. Those are just for show. Yeah. They control it. Yeah. They are the ones who control it. So, But I guess we made through Halloween... Yeah. Yeah, that was last last Tuesday actually. Yeah, it was a week ago as we record this. Um yeah, I went to a friend's house and did the traditional they have like like a little thing they do where they take all the neighborhood kids around and then all the adults kinda hang out and wander around and maybe have a drink, which we didn't this year, but like have little snacks, she makes dinner, it's a fun time. Um, but there were hardly any kids out. So, you know, I stopped handing out candy several years ago because I was just done, right? Yeah. Because I got tired of having way too much candy left over that we have no desire to eat, right? And uh, so I I would periodically go to the window just to look out because it was really cold last week, right? It was really cold last Tuesday. It was windy. Yeah, it was it was, in the 30s. it was in the 30s. Um, but again, do you want, do you want cool temperatures for trick or treating or do you want it to be 80 degrees? You know, I mean, I feel like on some level the cold temperatures are better because a lot of these kids have these costumes and if you're in 80 degrees, they're pulling off off half their costume because they're too hot. Right. Um, but 30 degrees, you got to put coat on, whatever. Anyway, I look, I looked several times up and down the sidewalks. Nobody like desolate, like tumbleweeds rolling down the street. Yeah. I mean, the neighborhood that I go to, to like walk around is a giant old established neighborhood and there were, there were kids out, but a lot of the houses weren't like handing anything out. I think we went through their whole neighborhood in like 30 minutes. Oh, wow. That's wow. pretty quick. Yeah, like I was home by the time trick or treating was over. Oh wow! So it was a it was a quick trip, and like I had on my winter coat. Mm-hmm. Like the like one of the kids had a blanket that they were taking with them, so it was it was uh it was different. But like people, I think a lot of kids are sick right now too. There's a lot of stuff going around. That's what I heard. Oh, see, so. I heard that um, I had read something where somebody got mad. Oh, it was on Facebook or some crap like that. And they were like, I have all this candy left and I didn't have any trick or hardly any trick or treaters. And where are all the trick or treaters? And blah, 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 blah. And I know this person. I've known this person for a long time. And uh, a lot of the responses on her post were that nowadays people don't go knock on doors. If you're not sitting in the driveway, mm-hmm. they will not come approach your house. Oh. I think even if you have the porch lights on, like people are like, no, nah, we ain't knocking on doors anymore. That's probably fair. Um, I've often wondered, because I'm not usually home on Halloween, I'm always off doing something or I was working, and now I have like one of those ring doorbell things, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to see if anybody rings the doorbell while I'm gone, not, not one, one single can, person yeah. touched it, so I must not get them. I don't, I don't think I've ever got Well, them. and I also wonder too, like, and I'm, you know, I wonder if kids just kind of wuss out. Because it's cold. Like, we wouldn't have. We would have been like, give me my coat. We gone. 
I probably blind when I was a kid when it was cold on Halloween, but my parents still took me out. Yeah. Just I, to like socialize or whatever. I think we just, I think, we, I mean, we wanted that candy. Mm-hmm. Dang it. We wanted that candy and we were going to get that candy. Rain, shine, <laughs> cold, hot, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ooh, this reminds me. I polled my friends that I went with about Cabbage Night. Ah, mm-hmm. Sorry, listener, my mouth's full of... Caramel, goodness. Give that away. Um, but we were walking around, and I was like, I have a question for you guys. Do you know what cabbage... Have you ever heard of Cabbage Night? And they were like, do what? And I was like, I said, I've never heard of Cabbage Night. And they were like, no. <laughs> is that is that a night, like... What is that? So I was telling them to, telling them about you and your three block radius in your yeah. hometown of Cabbage Night, and they were like, "Oh, I was kind of envisioning like, like you get a bunch of cabbage and you like chop it up and throw it at people, or or you tell people it's sauerkraut, but you didn't put any of the vinegar in there." And they were just making up like a bunch of like weird things to do with cabbage that would probably be less weird than what it actually is to tell you the truth were you throwing heads of cabbage at people no you just go vandalize other people's it's like no i think you just like tp maybe yeah tp and bust other people's that was the that was the big thing was that and again i don't know why it was called cabbage night maybe they did throw cabbage head (laughs) heads of cabbage at one point at people's houses (laughs) i don't know but in our neighborhood in our three block radius and the three streets of pioneer (laughs) powder keg and uh uh, flintlock uh yes you tp'd you egged and you smashed people's pumpkins which that was the worst thing right yeah, yeah, yeah. and honestly i'm telling you people i don't know the egging's pretty bad too the egging's pretty bad but those, you know you can watch whites can uh, yeah hurt your carpet yeah but the thing that is you're going around smashing people smashing pumpkins is just rude right that's just like so was the band yeah well <laughs> hey i like that siamese dream is a good album <laughs> um good now if you left it there <laughs> but the bottom line is yes there there were people and my parents did this i vividly remember this is you took your pumpkins in inside mm-hmm. on camp- cabbage night so yeah. they so that they didn't get smashed because if they were left out they were probably going to get smashed yeah i know and some people would argue but what what is a pumpkin for if not for smashing but i've never smashed one so i don't know um i feel like like when halloween was over like we smashed them and threw them in the garbage yeah did you ever roast the pumpkin seeds in them I have like a vague recollection of like trying to do that maybe, but it didn't really work. I feel like Lauren does that. She does. I think. Yeah. She, I think she has in past. Yeah. 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 I don't think my parents were ever like ever thought one single time about roasting the pumpkin seeds. They were just like, "Oh, look at this crap out of here! They're the trash." Yeah. Usually, it was the yeah. the guts, right? That was the whole point of the thing. Is you dad would cut the pumpkin the top off, and then we get to pull the guts out or mm. whatever. Yeah, like it's like a fun little yeah sensory activity. You know, <laughs> smash it through your hands and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. But yes, I guess on onward to your birthday and Thanksgiving. Yes, my birthday month. Yeah, that's where we're I at don't now. Normally. I'm not normally someone that's like, it's my birthday month, we have to celebrate all month, but I don't know, just feel like, I'm not going to celebrate it every day. I'm going to be like, you know what, it's my birthday month, so I'm not going to do much. Thank you. I didn't want to do my work today, so I was chatting with someone at work and was like, I want to do this. It's my birthday month, and I shouldn't have to work <laughs> at all 
but to be fair, it is a holiday month, so I get a lot of time off. So maybe I don't have to work that much. Yeah. And then I get to go on a trip. So, you know, delayed. It's not even a birthday trip. Delayed work birthday trip. Work day. Work day. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's cool. It'll yeah. It'll be fun. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do for my birthday, but we'll find something. We'll figure something out. Somebody will do something. You went to Frank and Dina's last year, right? Was that last year? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll be able to go anywhere because everyone's so busy, but it is a busy time. Thanksgiving, like November and December is busy for people. I totally get that. But I feel like, because the 22nd is a Wednesday, is that correct? Yes. Yes. Um, Because we're actually recording the day before. Um, Oh, yeah. It's in two uh, weeks. But, you know, that Wednesday, that day is the biggest drinking night of the year. That's the biggest going out night of the year. Yeah. Forget, you know, we've talked about this. Forget New Year's Eve. Forget any of these other holidays. Forget like adult Halloween, the weekend, that Halloween weekend, whatever. The night before Thanksgiving is the biggest drinking going out night of the year. I know we've talked about this before, but... When I used to do that, like, when I used to have, like, my friends that I would meet up with before we'd go home to the same place, <laughs> but just not see each other at home, um, and we would go out and have drinks the night before, there wasn't anybody out. Really? Yeah. Like, we had, like, the whole, like, bars to ourselves. Really? Yeah. Oh, because it's, it's, maybe it's just where you were, because I know that it's notoriously yeah, the well, biggest, downtown Lexington. the biggest bar night of the year, I will mm-hmm. say that. Yeah, we always used to go to the warehouse, but uh, the best dance club in Cincinnati, R.I.P. But um, well, I think we yeah. were going that time. We were going like to Beer Works. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. see, maybe you weren't just you just probably weren't hitting yeah. the right place. But it is definitely notoriously known mm-hmm. as the uh, the biggest bar night of the year. Yeah. So there you go. For yeah. whatever that's worth. I miss that place. Beer Works. Yeah. That was cool. That place was cool. Yeah. I liked it. They had a really good charcuterie board. Yeah. Which is a damn shame because it was, was reasonably priced and it was really good. Yeah. And they always had good beers and like the staff was really cool. Like, yeah. And then, yeah. They had decent. The parking was okay. Uh, yeah, it was mostly parking, street right? parking. But if you were there on the weekend, you could usually get a spot. Yeah. 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 Because you said beer works and for some reason I immediately thought of um, oh the one that was in Fritz Farm that went out. Uh, uh, oh, world of we, beer. Oh, for some reason I thought I was I like, and then when I was getting ready to say something, I was like, "Oh no, Beer Works was downtown." That's right. Yeah, Lexington Beer yep. Works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought you were talking about Whiskey Bear, which just moved, moved which we went to and mm-hmm. and had their their lunch. Yeah, lunch. When we thought it we'll was say, yeah, but um, yeah. But speaking of breakfasts, yeah, we had a brunch. We did the other day at the Josie's. Yeah, yeah. And you hadn't been there in a while. Hadn't hadn't been there. Me, you, and Renee went. This has been several years ago. Yeah, probably like the first, probably the first times we did this podcast. Maybe, maybe or yeah, even earlier than that. Yeah, but I said I wanted to go mm-hmm. because. Number one is close to Lauren's, and we recording GBS. But uh, also number two, since they they had this getta, and mm-hmm. you know, and we've talked about that you got the getta, mm-hmm. and it was hammered. Yeah, and I have explained ago. numerous times on how you're supposed to cook getta <laughs> on this podcast. Right, it's crispy on the outside, mushy it's on not the inside. To be a black puck. No, it's not. You don't need to cook it all the way through like you do like a pork product, yeah, like sausage. Yeah, it's mostly right? oats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so I said I wanted to go, go to try to get it, to see if they've pro- learned how to properly cook See if they got their get it yeah. to get it. Yes. <laughs> oh, I like that. Get it to get it. Um, 
So yeah, so we went and, you know, we got there at like, I was like noon, I think, or very close yeah, to noon, like 11.55 or something like that. And there was a slight wait, but I think we only waited like 30 minutes, which for Josie's is like not bad at all. Yeah. Because they close at two. I think they're open eight to two on Sundays. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so a uh, bit of a wait, but not terrible. Uh, and they always, it was crowded in there. It was crowded the whole, whole entire time we were in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've seen that place like just packed out the door before. Mm-hmm. Packed out. Yeah. It's a popular, uh, especially a, p- a popular breakfast spot. Um, and I didn't, I wasn't really super paying attention to who was in there, but if you go there at the right time, you can see like football, basketball players, and some like pretty prominent people having a Sunday or a Saturday brunch, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 good for like people are lining up for a reason. It's good. It's yeah. pretty serviceable. Yeah. yeah. Surf service is good. Our service server <laughs> was very nice. Um, their menu, their menu. Um, you could get. I guess by the time we were there, you could get lunch or breakfast. Yeah. But we both decided to get breakfast because that's what I was there for, right? Yeah. Um, now I did think it was odd and this happened the last time we were there, which they still haven't changed this is for some reason they only do a Bloody Mary in the evening times or the afternoon, which I, th- I was like, what? Cause she did say that. Yeah. Yeah. She said, cause I asked, I said, oh, cause I remembered that I wanted Bloody Mary last time and I had asked for it and they're like, nah, we, we don't have them. And I was like, oh, okay. And, uh. So I was like, well, it's been a few years. Maybe they've they've changed. Yeah. Apparently they haven't. Because yeah, no. I asked the server. I said, oh, yeah, I'd like a Blade Mary. She's like, um, I think we do those. But let me go check. And she went to check. And she came back. And she said, yeah, we only do those in the evenings. And I was like, all right. Who wants an evening Bloody I didn't. Mary? I don't get it. Because Bloody Mary is a traditional brunch breakfast drink of choice, right? Yeah. So I ended up getting a mimosa. Yeah. Which was fine. I hadn't had a mimosa in a while. Uh, we like a mimosa. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I ended up getting just like a whatever the standard breakfast is with eggs and the little potatoes and what did I get? Turkey sausage and then... Pancakes. Did you get no. pancakes? No, you didn't? Okay. Oh, it came with the biscuit and gravy. Biscuit, Okay. Yeah, I like their biscuits and gravy. Uh, I like their pancakes. They're just so big and rich. Like, it's impossible to eat one and they give you two. Like, who can eat two of those? Yeah. Um, but it's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, standard breakfast fare, which is well, like, yeah, I love got, the breakfast potato. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish, I'm gonna, next time I'll try the breakfast potatoes, because I got the carnitas omelet, mm-hmm. which is good. And... I was a little worried because sometimes you get an omelet at a restaurant, and I get it. Mm-hmm. They're trying to give you, you know, the the bang for your buck or whatever on the, the size of the omelet. Mm-hmm. This was a very well-proportioned size omelet. Yeah. I thought it was probably what, would you say three eggs? Yeah, tops. Maybe yeah. tops. Three, I'd say three eggs. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, this is a good size. Mm-hmm. Uh, the filling was good. It had the carnitas in it. It had peppers and onions. It was good. Then I went with the grit casserole, mm-hmm. which that's how you do a casserole. <laughs> yeah, they're, I like their grits, but sometimes they're just like too like garlicky and it gives me like indigestion really bad. That's fair. Yeah, but um, but the, you liked them. But the, the casserole was firm. Mm-hmm. It had cheese. It 
was delicious, mm-hmm. but that's the there was a consistency that a freaking casserole, <laughs> hash brown, grit, or otherwise is supposed to be. Yeah, not just like not watery, watery potatoes. Yeah, ugh, in, yeah, in, in, in milk. Uh, and then the getta. Oh, I did yes. have a biscuit too that came yeah. on the side. Um, and then the getta, three pieces of getta. <laughs> I had to wait for them to come out for a minute, which was fine. Yeah, they came out. And I was pleasantly surprised. It looks just like the ghetto you made. So props to Josie's. I don't know if you hired somebody who knows how to properly cook ghetto or you watch some YouTube <laughs> tutorials on how to do they it. Listen to the show. But uh, yeah, the ghetto was perfectly cooked. It was crispy on the outside. It wasn't hammered. It was kind of, you know, soft on the inside. Mm-hmm. I made me a little ghetto biscuit sandwich out of <laughs> one of the pieces and it tasted really good. Yeah. It tasted like ghetto is supposed to taste and it's homemade, I think, right? Oh. I think they make, I think it is homemade. Is it? I think that's how they advertise it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, bra- bravo, Josie's. Yeah. Do you think maybe they put in there, like, ad looking for cooks, like, must be able to cook getta to these specifications? I mean, you know, I said on this show that I would have been more than happy to go down there and give them a course in how to properly <laughs> cook getta. <laughs> so, like I said, either they found somebody who knows how to do it, or they watched some YouTube tutorials. Yeah. They stepped up their game. In but either way, sure. I was very happy with the product I received. Nice. Yeah, it was yeah. good. And it was like just enough food. Yeah. Because I was able to eat all of it mm-hmm. without feeling like super full. Yeah. But I was like not hungry. Yeah, same. Like I didn't finish mine because I don't remember the last time I finished a meal. Um, but I ate most of it and not because I don't, I didn't like it. I liked it. I just kept full. Um, but yeah, I wasn't like so stuffed that I couldn't function or anything like that. So and yeah. we could we could drink beers afterwards. Yeah, because there was a couple. There's been a couple of times where we've gone to brunch and we roll up the Lawrence and I'm just like, oh, I can't drink beer because I can't literally can't fit <laughs> any anything else in my beer. stomach. I'm not gonna puke because of the alcohol. I'm gonna puke because literally <laughs> yeah. there's no more space. There's, the capacity is. Full. Yeah, yeah, but this was not the case. Yeah, yeah. And then we also went to a place that I've been curious about that moved into the old TGI Fridays at the mall. Um, I, I know it's not going to be how you say the name. El Asadero? I would say Asadero. I think yeah, you're we'll correct. Yeah, Asadero before. Uh, I think it's, it's Asadero. They probably don't appreciate yeah. me putting the ass in there. <laughs> um, but El Asadero, um, Mexican restaurant. Uh, they had a lot of really good, like a variety of stuff there. Um, they had a guacamole cart wandering around if you wanted guacamole. I heard tell that some weird things happened there after a certain time at night. A random time is what I heard. After 7.20 p.m. But we it left. It to get weird, but we didn't make it that We far. were in the parking lot by 7.10. <laughs> yes, my uh, friend that told me that I might get attacked by weird puppets, um, I messaged her and said, well, I just left and no weirdness happened. She's like, well, you didn't stay to 7.20 then. Oh, well. Apparently we didn't, but you know, I think we're okay. Yeah, I think we're better for it. Mm-hmm. But they offer this this margarita. We didn't get this either. You got a margarita. I just but got a regular. Yeah, margarita. you didn't get the like fancy margarita. They offer this margarita, and I'm sure it was on the drink menu. I don't know. I really didn't look. But it comes out with a sparkler like on fire. Yeah. And there were there were like like three or four people that had ordered it yeah. when we were there. Yeah, they do like. I guess they're like have a, like a lot of gimmicky things that they do there. But it was Monday at 6 p.m. So. I think the gimmicks weren't coming out on Monday at 6 p.m. But it was good. Uh, We got some 
What are those things called? They're the Twinkies. They call them Twinkies, or I've heard them Texas Twinkies, is what mm-hmm. I've heard them as. Yeah. Yeah, and they're jalapeno, or the cheese stuffed jalapenos and wrapped in bacon. Uh, they were good. Yeah, they were good. I thought they were pretty good. I caught a hold of a of a hot one there at one point, but you know, yeah. I was a little disappointed because I did look at their menu online before we went, and just slightly, slightly disappointed because on their menu online it said they had chicharron, mm-hmm. which is you know yeah. basically cracklings or mm-hmm. pork, pork rind, skin. pork skin, yep. right? I was super excited about yep. that, and then we get there love and sit those. down, and it was not on the menu. Yeah. So I was I was a little bit disappointed. Yeah, we love a chicharron because I was all ready to get some chicharron. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we got those. I got a Cali burrito, which every time I see one, I feel like I have to get one. Because you don't see them around here very often, but it's like, it's a burrito, but it has fries inside of it. That's the Cali part. Um, like California or whatever. So that was good. It was like chicken and cheese and fries and guac and queso on top. Um, it was pretty good, though. And then the beans and rice. That's the best part about going to a Mexican restaurant, in my opinion. Getting the beans and the rice. Love refried beans. Love them so. Oof. They are delicious. Yeah. Yeah, I got the queso birria, which if you're not familiar with the birria taco, where they take the taco, it's a salt, so either corn or flour shell. Mm-hmm. They take the shell, they dip it in like this, so this this meat that they stew like mm-hmm. for hours. Yeah, right? birria is like a kind of beef, right? Stew, like yeah. it's a it's like a stew. beef, stewed beef, stewed right? Beef, yeah. So they take the the shell, they dip it into the the broth, beef beef squeezins, consomme, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's called consomme, but I right. like beef squeezins. I like beef squeezins too. Then they they throw it on the grill, the griddle or flat top or whatever, and then they put the meat and the cheese, and then they they fold it over and they put cheese. I think they put cheese on the outside too, of the of the taco shell, and then they serve it to you with a cup of the beef squeezins. Yeah, which is delicious. Yep. And um, I don't know what this green sauce they had with it, but the green sauce was flipping delicious. Yeah, I tried I it. I loved it. It was very good. It was like this garlicky, like, I don't even know, but it was really good. It almost, and I know this can't be it because you didn't die, but it almost had like a faint like avocado taste to it. Yeah, but it didn't but bother I, me. Yeah, but I couldn't tell what it was. Yeah, it was pretty heavy on the garlic. Yeah, it was. Maybe some lime was in there too or something. Could have, I don't know, but it was deli- I really liked it. It was like almost like a ranch garlic kind of thing. So um, it also came with rice and beans, but I also liked this portion mm-hmm. because a lot of times, and you know, Nothing wrong with this, because especially if I'm hungry, I will eat eat the hell out of some rice and beans, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they give you like a lot. Yeah. And this, they you got three birria tacos and then like a little bowl that had the rice on one side and the beans on the other. And I was like, this is like a perfect portion. Yeah. And yours came with it. Mine didn't. So I ordered it extra. So I got like a big old heap in. <laughs> you like, got extra, yeah. Which I better have because it was like a lot extra to pay for that, but worth it. But yeah, I was glad to see that I got a bunch of it, and that's what I ate the most of because yeah, it's the best part. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think it was good. I'd definitely go back and try. Like, I want to try those uh, birria tacos. They're really well. I tell you what, I want to try, and it just it sounded a little bit too heavy mm-hmm. yesterday. I was just like, eh, I'm not feeling it was that birria pizza. Yeah, I did. Say I want to try that. That would be a good one to split. Also, I've been curious about apparently where. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh lord! Oh 
that was so <laughs> bad. It was awesome. Wow. Amazing. Okay, that's it. We're ending the show. Goodbye. Good night. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Wow. That was... You just channeled your inner Lauren right there. I mean, Lauren is coming through. It just like popped into my head and I was like, oh, this is going to sound bad, but I'm going to say it. That was awesome. Thank you. Bravo. Um, They have one more beer uh, dish that I also want to try. The... <laughs> The Beria Ramen. Yes, yes. Which is basically <laughs> just the beef squeezins and then they put noodles in it. Yeah. <laughs> beef squeezing and noodles. That's what it is. <laughs> but that's a very popular dish on a lot of food trucks yeah. and stuff now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of, I don't know the name of the food truck, but there was a food truck at the Best Buy when I went to Ulta the other day. Hmm. Yeah. It was weird. And it was... Brazilian food. Not that the truck was weird. The location was weird. Mm. But it, it was a Brazilian food truck. I think Interesting. It was Brazilian. Huh. Um, I remember the word Brazil on there. Um, but it looked interesting. So uh, if anyone knows what that is and who owns it, because I would try it. So I feel like I saw this on one of those Lexington food groups on Facebook mm-hmm. that somebody's mom started it or something. Okay. And it's brand new. And they advertise, so maybe look on one of those food groups, the Lexington food groups. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. People were going up to it, and they had like, like it was pulled up, and the Best Buy on Nicholasville Road is like right off New, yeah, right off New Circle, but it has this like huge place right in front of the doors that's just like empty space. Mm -hmm. So they had it parked there, and then they had picnic tables out there. Like I had like a whole set. Oh, wow. Yeah, and like people were coming up and getting stuff okay. and sitting down and eating. So hmm. maybe it goes there a lot. I don't know. I'm not like, I don't frequent the Best Buy like ever, but sometimes I have to go to the Ulta. Well, I tell you what, when I'm up there on Friday night, well, it'll be dark by the time I'm passing it, <laughs> but I will try to look and see because I go home that way. Yeah. From uh from the gym. Yeah, and I drive by there every day if I have to go to the hospital, but like, yeah. I can't be seeing a food truck from that far away. But, you know, if anyone sees it around. Yeah, because I got to get right in that right lane yeah. to get on New Circle <laughs> yeah. Road. So I'm like right there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, at Hungry in Kentucky, if you know if you whose food truck that is. No, whose food truck that is. I would, I would try Brazilian food, but we had already had brunch. Right. And I wasn't hungry. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that Brazilian, Brazilian steakhouses are really good. I've never eaten at one, even though I know we have one here. But or, worth it. We should go. Yeah. Like, I'd be done. just put that on our, our list because Not it's to- totally worth it. Cool. You want to talk about rolling out of someplace. Yeah. yeah. That's where they just serve you like unlimited meat. Yeah. Right? As long as your, your, whatever their little table card is says green, mm-hmm. that means go. And they will just keep bringing it until you turn it over and it says stop. It's kind of like, kind of like the uh, K-Pot, except that K-Pot, they just give you a two hour limit. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you I just don't get a limit at the Brazilian steak. Some places may give you a limit, yeah. um, but I all the, the ones that I've been to, it's just if card is green, green means go, and that means meat, and red means stop, and that means no meat. And they always also, too, have salad bar that always comes with it, mm-hmm. and there's always a ton of, like, other different stuff on the salad bar. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to check it out. They're fun. For sure. Um, I don't think... I- I haven't really eaten a lot in the past, like a little bit, like out to eat that much. Anything like worth talking about? Although I did try 
um, breakfast from Taco John's because I was feeling real lazy one morning when I was working from home and I live close to a Taco John's, the Taco John's. Um, so yeah, I door dashed Taco John's at 8.30 in the morning. Sue me. Um, but it was good. Like It was just like a breakfast burrito and then the potato olays and the little Mexican donuts. So yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, again, I don't like their hot sauces, but, like, the rest of the food's good. Yeah. So, I mean, check it out. I went to Shamrock's and got something on their menu that I haven't had in ages. Oh, what was that? I got their hot Italian sub, and it was delicious. Was it hot and Italian? It was. And sub-like? And with tots. Ooh. It's I've had I've had them in past, but I feel like they were like a lot like it was too much meat in mm-hmm. past, right? And that's why I was like, eh, so I ordered it. And it wasn't all it wasn't. It was good. It was okay. a good size sandwich. Cool. Yeah. I don't think I've never had that from there. I don't know why I was gonna say I don't think I've ever had that. I know I have it. Um but I haven't been there in a while, so I'll have to go check it out. It's always got good food there. And the people are cool. They do. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think that's about all the eating I've done. I yeah. Think I've kept it light. Yeah. The past couple of weeks. Yeah. I haven't done a whole lot. Yeah. So preparing my body for the holidays. There you go. And birthday. Sure. That's what it is. Um, yeah. And we'll ruin it by the time New Year's comes around. It'll just be riggedy, riggedy wrecked <laughs> from all the food. So anyway, I think it might be time to get to America's uh, second favorite segment. Everybody wants to try some food. And food we have. We so do. We have a couple of sweets and we have like a little savory. So let's let's book in with the sweets. Okay. So let's start with um, one of our lingering fall items. This is Sanders Small Batch Wonders Pumpkin Spice Milk Chocolate Sea Salt Caramels or Caramels if you're me. Um, so yeah, what you, what'd you think about those? I mean, they're good caramels, caramels, um, the chocolate. I got zero pumpkin spice. There is no pumpkin spice. Hey, and you know what? Good. I'm fine with it. Which I figured you'd be happy about. Well, because I picked them out of the bag. And and I I heard you you going, pumpkin spice. (laughs) Yeah. And because I saw, I saw the, I saw the sea salt caramel and then my eye caught the pumpkin spice and I was like, oh, put those back. (laughs) But then I was like, no, let's just go ahead and do them. Yeah. Just get them over with. Right, yeah, but honestly, they don't have any pumpkin spice. And the small batch wonders. The only thing I can think of is that <laughs> stupid TV show from the eighties, Small Wonder. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. God, you actually you remember that show? I or? mean, I remember. I know the name. I've never watched God, it. What a stupid show! <laughs> and that that girl who played ah oh, the robot. Uh, so this show, in case you don't know, we're getting way off topic here, but know. whatever. Who cares? Um, it's about this guy who's like an inventor, and he invents this. This robot, Vicky, who's this little girl, and she lives with the family, mm-hmm. and nobody knows she's a robot, but yet she talks like a robot and walks like a robot, and it's... looks like a robot. Uh, no, she actually is played by a real child, oh. so she actually was played by a, a girl. But the, 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 thing, girl. the thing that's most depressing to me, and I think, man, you know, what am I doing over here? not i'm not i'm not contributing anything you know man i wish i could and then i think you know this is even more depressing is there somebody out there that wrote an episode of small wonder and got it on television and they got their sag card because of it good for them you know what and that really depresses me (laughs) yeah 
It really does. There were some real weird shows in the 80s, though. So, you know, there's some... Yeah, but think about it. Some, somebody actually wrote an episode of Small Wonder and was like, Yes! I got my episode on TV! Yes, I get dental insurance this year. Right? I don't know. I'm just like, man, what am I doing over here? I mean, you're living your best life. Am I? Uh, not trying to fight for SAG benefits. <laughs> not striking because you're not a member of this SAG. This is true. Yeah. 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 But anyway, that's when you said Small Batch Wonders. That's where my mind that went. That really... That- that really took a turn. Took a turn, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not mad about it. Yeah. But um yeah, it's um like a real creamy like um caramel. Like it's mm-hmm. not like No, it's not a good. It's real... not sticking to the roof Mm-mm. of your mouth caramel. So it's like a good high quality caramel chew, I'd say. Where'd what? you get them from? Walmart or Kroger's? Kroger probably. Well, oh. oh, that's a Kroger. It's bag, a Kroger so bag. Yeah. Okay. Guess I got them from Kroger. All right. Who can remember us two months ago? Sure. Hopefully they're still in date. <laughs> well, they they taste fine to me. Yeah, and then the next thing we have came from um, Heather. Yes. Of the show Heather. Yeah, yeah. The so tr- what we got there? Trader Joe's organic white truffle potato chips with Italian white truffles and fleur de sel sea salt. Ooh, very mm, fancy French. What do you think of these? Because I know Italian you're. And you French. can go either way on truffles sometimes. Yeah, the last time I had truffle chips, they were like too truffly. Like it, it tasted like to me someone took a whole bottle of truffle oil and just poured it all over a bunch of potatoes, and like I like I had a violent reaction. It wasn't violent, but I was like I felt like I tasted garlic for the next right. seven days. Yeah, um, but these are not like that. There, you can definitely taste it, but it's not like overwhelming. It's not punching mm-hmm. you over in the face with truffle. They're good, yeah. You can definitely taste it, but it's a hint. Yeah. It's a hint of truffle. Like, I just had one, and I, I get the truffle taste in my mouth like, like I should. But the last chips, it was literally like punching me in the back of the mm-hmm. throat, just like truffle, 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 which you're into. Like, right. I'm not. I would like more salt on these. Yeah. If you tell me they're sea salt, I want a little bit more salt. These kind of remind me of like when you go to a restaurant and get truffle fries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're good though. Yeah. I like them. I mean, I like truffle yeah. fries. I mean, sometimes they go a little heavy on that too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. You know. But I think these are these. Yeah. These are good. Yeah. They're, they're good. Okay. Uh, we're we're two for two so far. And then the last one. Um, this is one I've been holding on to for a while. Uh, limited edition. Uh, we haven't had Oreos in a minute, um, but these are red velvet Oreos. Um, I didn't have them the first time they came around, so I figured, let's try them now. Everyone loves red velvet. I, I do. I love red velvet. Yeah. I mean, they're fine. No, they're good. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the the make every, all these different Oreo flavors, mm-hmm. right? But these are actually good. You know why? Because red velvet tastes like chocolate and Oreos are chocolate. <laughs> and they, I'll, I'm eating another one to like, remember what the flavor tasted like, because, you know, the, the truffle will blow your palate out. Um, but these are different, though. Like, the cream is like cream cheese. Yeah. And then they kind of, and hear me out, mm-hmm. they kind of taste like the Hydrox. Ah, okay. Like, they yeah. don't taste like, because I guess. Which was first. Hydrox was first. Yep. Oreo was second. And were they made with, like, this is probably Dutch processed cocoa. Were they made with, like, the different cocoa? I think they're made with a different kind of Maybe. Chocolate, I, 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 I don't know. I just know that they were first, and then Oreo ripped them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or maybe these are regular and like I don't know. There's some difference. I can mm-hmm. these taste like the off-brand Oreos. That's fair. But yeah. out of all the Oreo, the weird Oreo flavors that they come out with, mm-hmm. this is like the 
the best of those, I think. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah, I like them. For sure. Yeah, yeah me too. And speaking of Red Velvet, that's going to re- lead us right into America's uh, new favorite segment. It's our hinky history lesson. Sing my own theme song. Thank you. And it's my turn, and my history is about red velvet cake. And I forgot that I had red velvet Oreos in here, so it was an accidental tie-in. Yes. So, look how that worked out. Was, uh, it, was a, it was a mitzvah. It was. It sure was a mitzvah. And um, I am reading this history from southernliving.com. Hmm. Yes, I have a good article about it. Um, so, this was called, uh, was... The original red velvet cake created in New York City is the name of the article. New York City. (laughs) New York City. Um, And then the tagline is, the history of the original red velvet cake may not be so Southern after all. Ooh. See, I didn't even know it was supposed to be a Southern thing. I mean, I've never really thought about it as just a Southern thing, but it is pretty popular in the South, I feel like. I mean, I've always, all the people back home... Like, everyone loves red velvet cake. You always had red velvet cake. But, I mean, I never thought of it as, like, oh, only people in the South eat it, you know? Right. And, you know, it was a big thing in Steel Magnolias. Yeah. Because yes, that, the that... armantilla cake, and then she chops off the tail. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's bleeding. <laughs> Get a wazer. <laughs> yeah, it chops the, the butt piece off. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. that movie. It is a good movie. Um, so, here we go with this article. Uh, no Southern cookbook is complete without Miss Pearl's famous red velvet cake. Or her name may be Miss Bessie, Mrs. Banks, or even just Grandma. In every town and community across the South, there exists the little lady who makes every church pot look complete with her version of the red holiday red cake with fluffy white frosting. The red velvet cake is so ensconced in Southern culture these days, you'd feel safe assuming the cake was born here, perhaps centuries ago, in the kitchen of a cook bent on making a recipe that would impress her family and neighbors. And you'd probably be wrong. Here is the actual origin story and history of the red velvet cake. So, let's see what they have to say about it. Uh, The red velvet cake is perhaps not very old and not too Southern. There is no written record of the cake, no lineage of who first dreamt it into existence, who first published it in a cookbook, and how it came to be so widely adored across all the states. But historians and intrepid food journalists have managed to piece together enough of an outline that we can safely say we don't have any idea. <laughs> so that's that's good. I mean, that's but that's really interesting because like even going back when you did the history of cheesecake, mm-hmm. like I see you know they trace that back that, to like the freaking Greeks or yeah, Romans like Greeks or whatever, Romans, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's like interesting because this does go back a little bit, but it doesn't go back like that far in like the grand scheme of history. So, a red velvet cake history lesson. A velvet cake was a term used in Victorian era to differentiate between cakes that were popular during the time. So, you had sponge cakes and pound cakes, which happened to be relatively dense and chewy, and those are different than a type of cake created from almond flour, cocoa, or cornstarch, which lends the cake a soft, fluffy texture with fine crumbs. So, and I'd read somewhere else, too, maybe on Wikipedia, where, like, before the Victorian era, like, really in, like, the, like, 1800s like late 1700s early 1800s that kind of era is sure like a little bit after that all the way up until that time if someone made cake it was like you could barely eat it like it was so dense dry yeah dry that it was like not edible and people would try to put stuff in it would just make it worse 
So this is about the time that they discovered, like, you mill the flour a little bit and, like, kind of sift things. And they found all that stuff that we just talked about. Um, So that was a little aside from me. Um, During this era, cooks discovered that if you combined acidic ingredients like vinegar with non-Dutch processed cocoa, which would have been what was available in the Victorian era, a cake would develop a faintly red hue. So the chocolate would react with the acid and it would cause a red color to show up. And then it says, a hue is discovered. So a mahogany cake, a light flavored chocolate cake, used cocoa powder instead of chocolate. It developed a red-brown tint because of that exact chemical reaction between the cocoa and the acidic ingredients. A cousin to the mahogany cake was a deep chocolatey cake called devil's food cake. It used chocolate, however, so it was a deep brown color. So there's two differences right there, using cocoa versus Mm -hmm. chocolate. Yeah. Um, According to Serious Eats editor Emeritus Stella Cooks, or Stella Parks, sorry, I don't know where I saw Cooks at, uh, during her appearance on The Splendid Table, a combination of Devil's Food Cake and the Mahogany Cake was first published in 1911 as a recipe for a velvet cocoa cake. So, is red velvet cake southern? As the cake recipe sifted through kitchens and cooks in the 1920s and 30s, it picked up an iconic southern ingredient, buttermilk, which amplified the cake's natural tanginess and acidity. Combined with the cocoa that was available at the time, the cake had a remarkably red uh, shade. In the 30s, the Waldorf Astoria, a famed New York City hotel, began serving red velvet cake. The hotel receives credit for creating the cake, but as the research shows, they only capitalized on a cake already somewhat known throughout the country. So, it was already a thing, they just made it popular. Uh, Around the same time of the Waldorf's inclusion of the cake on their menu, Eaton's department store in Toronto, a luxurious establishment by any measure, began selling red velvet cake. They, however, created Lady Eaton as the creator. So, lots of, uh, lots of, you know, conflicting stories. Well, and lots of, like, using it for advertising, too, right? Because that's what they did back then is, look at, uh, we we had this, this Lady Eaton created this cake, and you should make this cake and eat this cake, because this is, like, royalty cake or whatever. And then you should buy a bunch of stuff while you're here eating. Yeah, for real. Yeah, Yeah. so it was really basically kind of like an advertising ploy. Yeah. So weird how, like, you would, like... A hundred years ago or 80 years ago, you go to a department store and they would like serve food like that. Oh, like, yeah. You like if you went to Macy's right now, yeah. if someone will serve me food at Macy's, I'd be like, um, no. I'm telling you, I remember going to McAlpin's <laughs> and Shillitoe's downtown Cincinnati and, and eating. Yeah. Eating. Eating. E- eating in their, in their, uh, their uh, restaurant type establishments. Yeah, true. Um, these farther north red tinted cakes would not likely as- resemble the vibrant red cakes we know and adore today. No. That color came only with artificial red food coloring, which became more widely available to home bakers in the pre-World War II era. So, let's see. The South plays a role in the story when uh, Texan John A. Adams, a businessman who made his livelihood selling food-grade extracts and dyes, was looking for a product he could sell in the World War II era America when food rations limited options for many goods. Cocoa was scarce, which meant the natural red hue of the cake wasn't always possible. Cooks were turning to beet juice or pureed beets for color. I had heard that before that you could use beet juice to get like the red color in red velvet cake, and it doesn't, you don't really taste it that much, I don't think. 
Um, Sterling Krim, the managing partner and chief marketing officer for Adams Extract Company, told the New York Times in 2014 that John and his wife, Betty, first ate red velvet cake at the Waldorf Astoria. Adams decided to capture the market and perhaps secure his business as a sustainable source of income by creating a similar recipe that featured red food dye. The extract company extract company's version of red velvet cake also included vanilla extract and butter flavoring, flavoring as war rations limited to the butter people could get. Thanks to the Adams Extract Company, the recipe became mainstream and the popularity of the cake remained consistent, if not lukewarm, in communities on every coast. 1972, James Beard recounted that the cake was bland and uninteresting. <sighs> Sad. Noted cake authority and baker Rose Levy Berenbaum didn't have a single re- recipe for red velvet cake in her cookbooks in the 1980s or early 90s. <sighs> Shocking. However, a cultural and southern moment may have cemented the impression that red velvet cake was born of southern foodways. The moment was 1989's Steel Magnolias. The red velvet armadillo cake brought the ruby red gateau roaring back into popularity. A few short years later, Magnolia Bakery opened in New York City's West Village, and red velvet cakes and eventually cupcakes were instant bestsellers. In the early 2000s, you couldn't pop into a bakery and not see a red velvet offering. In 2013, 4.1% of all items on restaurant menus were red velvet inspired. David Sprinkle, a research director at the publisher uh, Packaged Facts, told the New York Times. Then came the mid-2010s flood of all things red velvet. Body mist, candles, perfumes, and even vodka. I didn't have any of those. Mm, I did not either. Um, It took nearly a century, but Red Velvet has a magnificent place in the spotlight. Today, as home cooks and professional chefs are trying to veer away from the artificial dyes and unnecessary ingredients, many are returning to the World War II hacks, beets for natural red hues. So while Southerners don't deserve the full credit for the cake's creation, we'll still have a slice. It's an excellent slice of fun food history. Huh, that's interesting. It's interesting because it doesn't have a definitive origin. Right. Right. And a lot of these, when we do a lot of these histories, a lot of, a lot of stuff has like a definitive origin and then Mm -hmm. kind of goes from there. Cause even, even the, um, the ramen, right. Kind of had a definitive, definitive origin, but then kind of like expanded out. Yeah. Right. But this kind of like was a mishmash of all over the place. I guess you could call it distinctly like North American. I guess we could say that. Yeah. Cause even though like. They were talking about the Victorian era there. I mean, that would have been more so like England, but they weren't talking about mm-hmm. red velvet cake in England in the Victorian. Yeah. That was just like an example of where the type of cake came But from. I wonder who decided to put the cream cheese frosting on it. I don't know. That's a good question. Because uh, I was actually kind of waiting for that in that yeah. article a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the world may never know, right? Maybe it right. was the Waldorf Astoria or, you know, the department store in Toronto. I mean, who knows? Yeah. See, there's still mysteries. And then, um, depending on, and like, just like that, like, who knows where that came from? Um, you can make it, uh, so many different ways. Like, you can just make it from a box of, like, chocolate cake, because it's basically just chocolate cake. But, um, like, the way, if my mom makes one for me for my birthday, um, not saying that she has to, but sometimes she will, but she'll make it from scratch. And it's one of the few times she makes baked goods from scratch. Oh, wow. And it involves vinegar. Like she puts Mm -hmm. a lot of vinegar in it to get that reaction Mm -hmm. and uses like real cocoa powder. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it's like, it's a production. And then the way she makes the frosting is like the old fashioned way too. I think it might also have vinegar in it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Um, but it's like 
real that is someone's like granny's recipe mm-hmm. um and i'm i don't i'm sure that they had these like in northern kentucky but like you go to every small town and like like the church or the local um like women's club or like whoever's like little foundation will put out a cookbook and it's got it's got auntie so-and-so's stuff in there and grandma's like red velvet cake and all of these little things and they're just down home country yeah like recipes and you buy them for five dollars yeah no i, so I that's mean that's where that came from yeah because there, there used to be a homemakers a boone county homemakers who put out yeah. cookbooks every year but i don't i would have to go back and look right yeah. and i actually think john may have some floating around here from uh, carter county mm-hmm. extension office because his mom was the extension agent in carter okay. county uh, where they put out, maybe I had to go uh, hunt them down and look or whatever. But I just think it's funny because, yes, essentially red velvet cake is chocolate cake, right? Yes. I mean, and John does not like chocolate cake, but he likes, but he likes red velvet cake. <laughs> I'm kind of there with him. Uh, chocolate cake has grown on me. If I'm eating a just straight up chocolate cake or devil's food cake, would be preferred. Um, it has to be really moist. Like, I don't like a dry chocolate cake. I really don't like any kind of dry cake. But um, the moist. Uh-huh. Everyone laugh. We're saying moist. Um, yeah. The moister it is, the more likely I am to eat it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I used to be that way too. Like, I want a red velvet cake. Isn't that just a chocolate cake? No, I hate chocolate. No, it's red velvet. It's different. Much like how my father would eat pickles, but he wouldn't eat cucumbers. Yeah, that's so weird to me. Yes. I, I don't, but you know, whatever. It's neither here nor there. That's right. Um, but yeah, so that's that's some history. So I wonder, now I'm curious if there's any other type of frosting that was put on it before the cream cheese frosting. Hmm. Or if anybody else, like if you anybody out there has a recipe that doesn't include the cream cheese frosting. That'd be weird. Yeah, I've never ever heard of or had one that didn't have yeah, green right. frosting. But I'm I'm sure I'm sure it exists. Hey, yeah. if if some weirdo night before Halloween tradition can exist in a three street radius in Burlington, Kentucky, <laughs> I'm sure somebody somewhere is putting not cream cheese frosting on a red velvet cake. Yeah, exactly. Some psycho out there yeah. is putting like chocolate frosting on there. That's please leave. I tell you who has a delicious place. red velvet cake. Delicious is nothing bunt cakes. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Oh, it's got little yes, chips it, in it does. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. And their cream cheese frosting is amazing. It's pretty legit. Yes, it is. Yeah. I really like their red velvet cake yeah, a lot. That's probably, well, I mean, not probably. It is my favorite uh, bunt cake to get from there. Yeah. Their chocolate bunt cake's good, too. I don't think I've had their chocolate. I've had their carrot. I've had their red velvet. Mm-hmm. I've had their lemon. Lemon's really good. Yeah, uh, the white raspberry, white yeah, chocolate raspberry. I've had that's that. Renee's favorite. I've had that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they've got a funfetti. All of the ones that I can eat, I've had, and they're all tasty. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um. But yeah, I think that's a. Where about? A solid show. Wrap it up. Um. So before we get out of here, we'll talk about what we've uh, been drinking. So, you know, to commemorate. The beginning of the holiday season in this cold, chilly, seventy-degree <laughs> afternoon. Um, Starbucks just came out with their uh, Christmas drinks, and I couldn't find anything else to drink at the store, so I decided to go get one. But I got. Hold on, I have to look it up because um, it's written in code here, and I can't remember what the name is. One second, I, it's I already n- have it. Okay, it is a, an iced gingerbread oat milk chai. Okay, yeah. And um, what's weird about it is that 
it was good. It was really good. But what's weird about it is there is no gingerbread flavoring in this. The gingerbread comes from the chai and pumpkin spice. Which kind of blends together. Yeah, blending to make a... together. And like it's mostly in the foam. It blends together really big in the foam or like the whipped cream. Um, but it makes it taste just like gingerbread and it's not too gingery. Mm. And it's not like, I get sweet, but it's not like so sweet that my pancreas hurts. <laughs> like sometimes that can happen at yeah. Starbucks. But it's really good. Um, and I got the iced version because, you know, it's hot outside. But I want to try the hot version too, which I prefer to have hot drinks. Um, so, yeah, it was good. If you're looking for something a little bit different and um, festive that's new to the menu from what I can tell from like years past check it out well if you get the ice you don't get the signature red holiday cup right that is correct i got a drink from there last week and i did get the holiday cup ah okay and i'm sure at some point they'll be coming out with the actual plastic one that you can Mm. keep Mm -hmm. um but i have a bunch of those probably don't need any more but yeah if you order like it's like one day in december i think where they do it if you order any grande holiday drink a hot holiday drink you get a free like plastic cup hmm. that looks like the holiday yeah, cup yeah so yeah. there you go All free right, tip. there you go yeah now i'm drinking a walmart fizzy water that actually was fizzy this time oh, yay way. it wasn't flat this is a cherry limeade this is a good one i really uh-huh. like it in fact like when i've uh, opened it and it went and i was happy because yay fizz <laughs> um, i'm not gonna have to drink it flat <laughs> i thought it tasted like a cherry icy Oh, nice. Yeah. not There's not super, it's not super limey. Mm. It's not got a lot of lime. I thought it tastes like cherry icy. Okay. Very refreshing. Nice. I, I like it. Ooh, now I want a cherry limeade from Sonic. A diet cherry limeade. That's the best thing. If you're ever going to Sonic, that's what you have to get. Cherry limeade. Should I stop at one on the way home? There is one right out Richmond Road. That's true. It's tempting. Uh, you know what else is tempting? Mm. Um, to follow us on social media. Yeah. Um, yeah, I swear at some point I'll post some of these food pics on Bluegrass Bourbon and Eats. I promise it. Because you did take pictures at the... Um, I have two whole pictures El, El, from El Asadero. El Asadero, yes. Yes, and they were normal pictures and there wasn't anything weird happening in them. Mm-mm. Just in case someone was wondering. Um, so maybe I'll remember to post those and some of our past eateries over there. Um, but for podcast stuff, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at HungryKY. Uh, you can send me an email, HungryKY at gmail.com. And then our show comes out every other Tuesday or Wednesday, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And then, um, yeah, since we are getting a lot of like blog followers, you can follow our Facebook and Instagram at Bluegrass Bourbon and Eats. Uh, we have a Twitter. I don't post on it, but it's BB and Eats if you need a Twitter follow. And then, um, yeah, that's a. Well, maybe one day do some stuff with that. So be on the lookout, I guess. <laughs> and then where do we find you at, Carrie? On the Twix at GRLS for Sports. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Apple Podcasts. We are everywhere. Good podcasts are free. Well, thanks again for listening to Hungry in Kentucky. And as always, stay hungry, Kentucky. Hungry in Kentucky.